The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast, featuring Dave Cariello, Andrew Juge, Ralph Malbro, and, when he decides to show up, Kevin Hell. We are the perfect blend of Saints sincerity and stupidity. How many RPMs would it take for the Julio Copter to actually fly away, and how many fumbles would happen as a result? <laughs> Well, that's a trick question because you can only fumble once. If you're not having fun when your team is 11 and 2 <laughs> and winning back to back division titles for the first time in 50 years, then you need to stop watching. And now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrook. All right, everybody, welcome to a special Sunday night edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We have to go early because I have a Big, huge, giant meeting with all the big wigs at WWL tomorrow night. They're taking me to dinner uh, for Freezy, and I'm going to get drunk. And uh, Wait, is that true? Party. Really? Yeah, that is true. That is true. What are you guys uh, going to be discussing? Uh, we're going to discuss... Are we allowed to know? Uh, plans. The big plans for the football season, Dave. Yeah? Are we going to see more of Ralph on television? Could be. Could be. Wow. But, uh... Wow. Wait, are you meeting here in New Orleans? No, in, in Houston. In Houston. Oh, okay. Right. So, uh, as always, the show we are brought to you Good by SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 and let you know if you are getting the best for your buck. Green dot means it's a good deal. Yellow dot means it's an okay deal. Red dot means don't do it. Use the code ACAA at checkout. Receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? Promo code ACAA. $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. They have the tickets. So, yeah, Dave, I, I, they, they, like, I, I'm, like, not that important, but I am kind of important. They just happen to be in Houston. I mean, they dinner, to dinner. What, yeah, what kind yeah. of? Okay, so I was hoping it was going to be in New Orleans because I was going <laughs> to, you know, I was going to, I was going to judge the whole, the whole thing by what restaurant they were taking you to. But since I don't, so I don't know anything about the Houston restaurant scene, but maybe other people do. So what restaurant are they taking you to? The Beer House. The number. <laughs> That's perfect. The number one fucking German restaurant in America. They have so is, the, they have the trophy is, in the restaurant to fucking prove it. Okay, but so this, but this is this is a more casual and informal meeting. Yeah, they're not trying to wine you and dine you. No, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not Kawhi Leonard. And they aren't the fucking Pelicans, man. You know, I'm not Drew. I'm not Drew Brees in 2006, man. Trying, or Jarris Bird. They're not whining and dining me, man. I'm like, I've been there for like ever, man. They're probably like, I'm lucky they're. I'm lucky they're not making me go Dutch. 
Dave. Come on now. Ralph will take the uh, popcorn shrimp and a small side salad. I was waiting for him to say Olive Garden. I was going to lose my shit. (laughs) (laughs) I will be. I will be having the schnitzel and the four sausage plate, and I will have your giant stein of beer. I would actually be excited if they were taking him to Olive Garden because it would mean that they were listening oh, to the show and staying. Oh, right, 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 right. The jokes. The jokes. Uh, they don't listen to this podcast. If they listen to this would... podcast, they would never let me continue to write the column for them. Wait, do they, do they really? No, they know you have a podcast because they the, do. The article ends with like. Yeah, they know. They they, like, they know. They let me promote it on the on the morning they, show with when, between insults from Eric Paulson. Eric Colson has never listened to this show. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go out on a limb, and I'm gonna say that. Do they? Do they listen to the podcast? Uh, some people at the station do. Uh, Kevin, the guy who edit, not Kevin Hell, the other Kevin who edits the edits my column, he does. And Tom will listen occasionally, and he'll be like, "Man, you curse a lot. <laughs> you do curse a lot. You curse I more do. than me. And I'm an Italian New Yorker. Uh, so that's that says something." Um, so Saints news. There was there was actually two pieces of news uh, this week. Uh, the first piece of news, uh, the Saints. It broke from Diana Russini, who is AKA of course, the, of course. the best Saints reporter there Where is. Uh, that Michael Thomas is near an extension. Jeff Duncan tried to shit all over it, but who are you going to believe? The person that's broken the biggest Saint, every piece of Saints huge news the last five years, including the Brandon Cooks trade and almost every free agent signing they've ever had that we've cared about. Are you going to believe that person or are you going to believe Duncan? Okay, I'm going to believe. Did you guys see? Did you guys see a Michael Thomas tweeted like an LOL response to Jeff Duncan? Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I I totally agree with your statement, basically saying, who would you trust? But when Michael Thomas responds to your quote unquote breaking news with LOL, I mean, that's a bad look if you're a reporter. I mean, (laughs) does that make Michael? I think that alone, Andrew, probably bumped Michael Thomas five spots higher on your favorite Saints list. Oh, well, without a doubt. In fact, he may be my favorite ever now. <laughs> I gotta barbecue I mean, not, your ass in my lesson. That's what Michael Thomas not, did. Not only is he scoring touchdowns and making a difference in playoff games and generally doing record things on the field, off the field he's insulting Jeff Duncan. What more could I ask for? <laughs> People are put, just... a, put him in the ring of honor now. <laughs> Saints Recline said the Ralph Eric Paulson banter is hilarious and awkward. It is. It's like it's like when uh, it's like when like that friend of your dad that hates you. Like that's who I feel like Eric Paulson is. Like he just like every morning like he just insults me. And the best he's, the best I, I, just, is... I feel like I, I feel like when he's interviewing he's just like. He's just got this attitude, like he'd rather be doing anything else but interviewing you. Like, like he's just like, I can't believe I have to do this with this. Yes, it feels thing. like. Like, I don't even know what he doesn't. He doesn't even know what Skype is, and all the producers at WWE are just like, Eric, we just, we just need you to do this, okay? We just need he, you to talk to this. 
mean? We just need you to do this. Don't worry, you know. I feel like I feel like he probably like calls you like all different kinds of names too. Like Ray, hey Ray, uh, what do you think the Saints are gonna do next week, uh, Jimmy? What do you think they're gonna do, Ralphie boy? He he feel. I think Eric Paulson, deep in his soul, he feels like him having to interview me makes his credibility take a hit. Like he has, th- I, he's like, I'm an icon. In- this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. New Orleans. I am an icon of New Orleans media, and now I'm interviewing this dude who has a fucking cat on his lap. I probably, I could probably get him on the show. I could probably text Shiva <laughs> and get him on our show. We could interview him. Sorry. We could, we could, we could interview him. Um. Yeah. Here, uh, by the way, Dave, thanks for reminding me uh, with the uh, Ring of Honor receiver comment. I, I've that that reminds me I need to bring something up later. Okay. Good. But here but here's the thing about Michael Thomas that was driving me nuts and I, I refrained from fighting people with people on Saints Twitter. There was a big chunk of people that were like, Well, you know, he's not really worth twenty two million and, and the Saints have always never had a really a number one elite receiver. And they traded Jimmy Graham and they won a Super Bowl with Marcus Colston and Devery Henderson. They don't really need a number one guy. And I just wanted to tweet this at people nonstop. Pay that man his money. Dude <laughs> Dave, I'll start with you. We don't have peak Drew Brees can turn fucking hobos into 5,000 yards anymore. We don't have that anymore. Like, just how about we pay the record-breaking Saints receiver? How about we just do that? Um, Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. No, I mean, like, what? Maybe this is Drew's last year. So, I mean, you know, maybe we're not going to have to spend so much and allocate so much percentage of the cap on our quarterback this year. I mean, yeah, maybe we'll have to pay somebody, but we're not going to have to, even if we have to pay Bridgewater to stay or, or even if we want to sign some free agent out there, we're probably still not going to be paying them as much as Drew Brees has to be paid and needs to be paid uh, per year. So we, there ought to be some free money to go around. I mean, obviously, they just paid Jordan, you know, Cam Jordan, and uh, and what's his face? Who else just signed? Uh, I mean, uh, Morstead. Morstead. No. Lutz. Oh, the kick, Lutz. 
Well, I thought there was was somebody else that just signed a contract. They thought. Anyway, never mind. I I just think so. If Breeze was twenty nine and he was still gangbusters and could basically turn any water wide receiver that's the equivalent of water to wine, right? Like if he could do that with the Kenny Stills and the Lance Moores of the world, like or Willie Sneeds, if he could still do that, then. And I'm not trying to slight Breeze here, but I, I just – maybe it would be different, you know, if, like, M- Michael Thomas 10 years ago when Breeze was 29 or whatever. But now I just view Michael Thomas as a bridge because it's kind of a two-pronged thing for me. It's like you need him around for the end of Breeze no matter what because the Saints in this offense cannot operate without him. So you need him around for that and – the next quarterback, whether it's Bridgewater or someone else, they have huge shoes to fill, and it, it's going to be an mission impossible for that person to come in and deliver. I mean, how could you ever succeed Drew Brees in New Orleans? And so that guy, that quarterback, whoever he is, Bridgewater or otherwise, is screwed pretty much, right? Here, here's- but like, imagine a scenario where it's that guy as the heir apparent to Drew Brees without Michael Thomas. Like, you can't a, you, do that for that guy. Here's my question, Dave, and you, you can think about it, is Michael Thomas, he's caught the most passes ever for three years, first three years of a wide receiver. If you're a Saints fan and you don't want to pay Michael Thomas, and you do like, I don't want to pay him, I don't want to make him the number one paid receiver, I, I, get rid, what does a receiver in their first three years have to do if you don't want to fucking pay Michael Thomas, like- no, I mean, there, there's, there's nothing. And, and, and like, that's the thing, but just, I, I think more importantly when it comes to Michael Thomas is, you know, his character. I mean, Michael Thomas is the kind of guy he wants to, he wants to, obviously we know he wants to be the highest paid receiver. You know, he comes out in the ski mask, but I mean, he wants to be the best at everything. He wants to be the highest paid. He wants to have all the records. He wants to win all the championships. I mean, he's he's a motivated guy, and he's been that way since the very beginning. And he's a guy that you know, even if you're gonna, even if you pay him, even if you make him the highest paid receiver uh, in history, in NFL history, uh, or you know, current. You know he's still gonna be that guy. He's 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 gonna be the opposite of what I always worried about with Nick Fairley. He's gonna be the guy. He's still gonna push. He's still gonna be that that great receiver. And and actually, and I wanted to make a, this reminds me that I wanted to comment because I was listening to you guys on the weekly podcast and you were talking about Thomas and getting paid and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it does behoove the Saints to get it. It's kind of not really that surprising to see the Saints want to get this done sooner rather than later because you know you guys were talking about how all these other guys are going to be due up for contracts julio jones is going to be a due, due up for a contract who else was there that's yeah. uh who that's going to be paid um aj green and, although he's older yeah uh, i mean so Tyree Hill, he's a mess so he he's and, not in it, and all there, these right and all these and all these and all these guys are going to get paid it's only going to get worse right exactly so you might as well be you might as well be the first you might as well. You might as well get that. You might as well be one of those first contracts and get that done, and then let those other yeah. guys then be the next highest. I mean, it's it's just the, only the way, it's, yeah. it's like buying a house when you're buying a house. Do you want to buy a house in the neighborhood uh, before it uh, before the neighborhood changes and gets awesome, or do you want to buy into the neighborhood after it's already already changed? No, you want to buy in early and you want to get your value. 
That's real estate advice brought to you by Dave Cariello. (laughs) But, but listen, I mean, just going back to what Dave said and going back to your original question, Ralph, like I, I, there is no argument to make the dude catch in his career last year. He caught 85% of his targets for his career. He averages almost 12 yards a catch. This isn't a running back. that's catching like three yard screen passes. He, yeah. he, he averaged 12 yards a catch over his career, and he's caught 77% of his targets. Now, some of that is the quarterback that he's playing with, um, and I'm sure if he was playing with different quarterbacks, maybe his target his target percentage goes down, but his yardage goes up. But, I mean, the, the bottom line is when you look at his stats and you ask the question, Ralph, what else does this guy need to do to convince you, like, there is no argument. There is no argument for like, eh, I'd rather him be this or eh, I'd rather stats. Like the only, like if you don't want Michael Thomas to get paid, then you're just a guy that in general, you're, you're that guy. You're like, oh no, we, we should never allocate funds to a good player. We should let him walk and continue to just slave drive all the players. And like, basically you are an NFL PA nightmare because you just, you are you always advocate against players getting paid because there is literally nothing else this guy could do on the field that wouldn't justify him getting what he deserves. Well, Ralph, it's funny you mentioned you mentioned earlier too. You know, like uh, about how years ago, you know, Drew Brees, he was the great quarterback. He could make any receiver look like Jerry Rice right. or whatever. Well, I feel like it, the kind of I feel like the tables have kind of turned and Drew is, you know, he's not what he once was. He's still a great quarterback. He's very efficient. Um, but I think he, and as he gets older and continues to play, he's going to need more help. And I feel like Mike I feel like now the tables have turned and Mike Thomas can help make Drew or keep continue to keep Drew being a, uh, you know, putting up big numbers and being a great quarterback. No, totally. And here's the thing with the one argument that I I feel like if, if, if Dave is saying that we should do this, like, I just want to <laughs> say Dave, Dave is team. Like players get lazy. I'm no, just saying like, no, no, no. Dave is usually that. like, don't pay this guy. Cause he's going to get I fat think, and happy and he's going to get effort. I think there's. I think Mike Thomas has sh- never shown us anything uh, that would allude to that being the case and that happening. And uh, I, I mean, and I mean, he's he's. If if the Saints had gone to the Super Bowl last year like they should have, you know, Mike Thomas gets a lot more press. He gets a lot more coverage. I think his value goes up. As ridiculous as maybe that sounds, um, I I think that um, I think the country that as a whole and NFL fans as a whole um, know him a little bit better know him a little bit more, you know, not just the fantasy people. Um, uh, and uh, which of course I think Mike Thomas wants, I think he wants every single endorsement he could possibly get. Um, but you know, he's, he's still on the saints and the saints kind of have, I don't know. They just, you know, he's, he's not like, as outspoken as he, I mean, with the whole ski mask stuff, that's about as, I guess, as bad as bad as it gets. I mean, he's not like Ter- Terrell Owens or, you yeah, know, uh, this, Ocho even Cinco. Cell phone celebration, even the cell phone celebration that's, was an homage yeah. to yeah. a former Saints great. But here's the thing, Michael Thomas, and, and you made the point, uh, Dave, about, you know, if, if the Saints had gone on to the Super Bowl and done bigger, you know, and he'd be more well-known, you know, we all know in the NFC Championship, the refs fucked the Saints. But the play before that, 
Michael Thomas would have walked in for a touchdown, and Drew Brees threw him a ground ball. Oh, and God, if he catches no. that pass, no. I think no. even I the perception of him would be higher and different, you know? <laughs> Drew Brees throws him a ground ball. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, he did. I know. It's a funny way of phrasing it, but it it's totally, totally accurate. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know. You guys, the only thing I'll say about Michael Thomas that kind of I find a little just – not disingenuous, but just a little like you're kind of doing this wrong. It's that you know how he was always tweeting that like, Shh, you know he was always tweeting that. Yeah, but like he's, he's been doing. He kind of run, he kind of runs his mouth, and he's always on Twitter. You know, so, <laughs> I mean, it's like, you're, you're not really being quiet. Like I, I mean, I want you to be a megaphone. Like, awesome, and you're telling say it for the people guard, in the back. You're telling everyone you can't guard Mike, and that's absolutely true. But you're not. Why? Why are you hushing yourself? You're 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 clearly talking. Yeah, I mean the 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 one thing is, I just don't see Dave, and this goes back to your point about how safe it is. I just don't see Michael Thomas declining in a way that isn't injury related, and you can't no, absolutely. not absolutely. sign a guy the only for that. Thing- like, no, the like, only thing that's going to stop him is is an injury. Is a, is you know, a serious. He may injury. not be as good if Teddy Bridgewater isn't as good or whatever. You know, the, the numbers may come down, and he may not be the twelve, thirteen hundred yard guy. He may be a nine hundred or a thousand yard guy because the offense just isn't as good, right? Um, but I just don't see it happening unless it's an injury. Um, the question, though, I guess for me is. Um, can he maintain – how good can he be if the Saints continue to have kind of trash around him, Andrew? Like, can he, can he, can he still churn out this amazing stuff year after year after year, and especially this year is what we're focused on? Can he still do it if the Saints don't – get just a little bit better at receiver if they if they're sort of what they were last year can he still turn out another big year or will teams figure out a way to slow him down a little bit i mean i i think you're discounting the fact that alvin Kamara is on this team which is a significant i mean it has a huge impact even on receivers so other receivers aside uh you know offensive line is you have Sean Payton and you have Alvin Kamara in the building and until that changes, you know, so basically the picture you're painting would have to be a new coach and Alvin Kamara is elsewhere and then, or, you know, gets injured or whatever, then yeah, maybe I become a little bit more concerned, but you know, I think the question there is, can he continue to produce at this level after Drew Brees? Like that's, that's really the question for me. And then I don't know if Payton is still here. I think he would be, but um, can he produce like this if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback? So, um, and, and I don't know. I mean, you know, I come back to when I first called you and I was like, dude, I just saw this guy at the Greenbrier and I'm telling you, he's a star. I, after one practice, I saw it immediately. That's how Andrew and they stand out after one. Yeah. Practice. And, and I mean, it's just. It's just like that that guy, like you can just tell you just that he stands out and you're like, that guy is awesome. And so I I think the comment that I made at that time was, you know, Ralph, most of these Saints receivers that have been awesome in the system 
I never really believed that if they went elsewhere, it kind of doesn't matter what the system was, who the quarterback was. Like, Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, Lance Moore, like, there's a lot of systems, quarterbacks, and teams where they're probably not making a name for themselves in the league. Um, but I, I think Michael Thomas is that special. And, and it goes back to his work ethic and, and all of that. But I just think he, any quarterback, any offense, and, and I think any, any coach, and I, I think he's still close to a 1,000-yard receiver. I just think he's that good. Dave, who's next to get paid? Because the Saints have paid Cam Jordan. They paid Michael Thomas. Who's the next guy to get paid? It would seem to be Kamara because Ramchek is a couple years out. Um, uh, Lattimore is a couple years out. But is Kamara the next guy to get paid, or will it be someone that we're not thinking of? Well, oh, I guess, oh, because I was going to say Kamara and um, and Lattimore were drafted in the same year, but Lattimore was a first-round pick, so he gets the option, right? So that's why. Uh, how, how much does it hurt you that you can't say Mark Ingram right now, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think I think you guys kind of brought this up in the last, you know, in, in your other weekly podcasts. That people um, should subscribe to, $7 a month. Do it. You get a free koozie. I was, you know, I, I know this is. I just got my koozie, by the way. I haven't gotten anything. Um, I know this is crazy, but I, I could. There's a part of me that feels like the Saints could let Kamara walk. Um, and I only say that because, I mean, the Saints have always just filled that that role, that, that Camara role, the, you know, the Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles, you know, CJ Spiller was supposed to be, was was supposed to be CJ Spiller. Um, And a part of me just kind of feels like Peyton, you know, could just be like, it's fine. We can let him go. Um, You know, we've, we've gotten what we, you know, we've maximized well, what we're going to get out of him, and, well, and uh, I, I'll be able year, to find somebody else to do that two spot. Two years. And, I, and, I, and, as for, and Lattimore, I, I feel like it's a lot harder to find somebody like Lattimore um, that can shut down a whole side of a field on defense. And the thing is, and, and they certainly haven't, and the Saints certainly have not been as good as fine. I mean, like, like seriously, like how many times have the Saints tried to find a great cornerback and failed? Dozens and dozens of times. How many times have they tried to find, uh, you know, a scat back, uh, versatile, out of the backfield running back? They do it all the time, and and four out of five times they get the guy and he's great. Uh, it's so it's it's amazing. Uh, so I feel like you know you go, you hold on to you know what's more precious, which to me is Lattimore, and you let go. I, I'm not saying that's what they're gonna do. I'm just saying like I could I could see that happening. I could see that happening. Well. You know, Andrew, you touched on it in the in the podcast during the week, uh, the daily. But it's it's one of those things where where Michael Thomas, his numbers are just overwhelming. So you can't. So you like he's set the record for most catches for a receiver. He's not just any. He's not Kamara. Kamara's not not breaking any records. He's awesome. But it's sort of like it's not just statistics. So it becomes a much more complicated argument when the Saints and him are arguing money. 
Yeah, I mean, and Kamara's stats aren't bad. You know, I mean, I think he ran for 700 yards his rookie year, and he was over 800 last year. And, you know, that, that could potentially go up um, with uh, which is how we're being on, you know. And, and if you had the receiving yards, I mean, he had 80, about 80 catches both years. And, you know, so he probably had about, what, 1,500 yards total both years. So uh, he, he was still productive. But, yeah, I just think when you look at Ezekiel Elliott and Le'Veon Bell and the contracts they're, that they're getting and then what everyone else is getting that's a running back, which is, I mean, we saw it with Mark Ingram this offseason. It's, it's not good. And so I just think it's difficult. Did we lose Andrew, Dave? I don't know. I guess so. He sounded like crap to me. I don't know if he sounded he did. like crap. I just, oh. I did I just start? Did I just start sounding bad? You sound perfect mm. now. Yeah, now you're you good. just started speaking and spelling like like one answer ago, but now you sound fine. Mm. Whenever, yeah. Well, whenever... I was just saying, I was just saying that uh, his contract situation is complicated. Yeah. Whenever one of you speak in spells, I go into a panic because I worry that it's all my fault, which nine times out of ten it is. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the thing with Kamara that you know Dave mentioned the Saints replaced him. Um, they just have so many people coming up that you you, you know uh, they're just gonna have to make these difficult decisions. I think another difficult one is uh, Rankins because you know he's probably not gonna be that good in this year, but they have his option for next year. So he's a guy, you know. Two years. Let, let's say he comes back in, in, in 2020 and is really good. Do you pay him because he had the Achilles injury and he had the broken leg when he was a rookie? Like, do you give that guy huge money even if he's killing it and he's back to like a non? I, th- I guy? think I think he's getting I think he's getting the Pierre Thomas treatment. Well, the Pierre 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 Thomas treatment almost involved getting traded, Andrew. <laughs> Yeah, but I just think they're going to leverage the fact that he just got hurt and he's probably not going to have a great season. And like, yeah, we're still going to pay you. We're still going to give you a long-term deal. You should be happy. But they're not going to offer him what he wants. Yeah. Uh, In other Saints news, Dave, Drew Brees continued to prove that he is the GOAT. He won his diamond lawsuit against the guy who sold him the the supposedly bad batch of blue diamonds or whatever the hell it was and is going to get six, six or got million? awarded 6.1 yeah. million dollars i don't know if he'll get it he may get that money down the line it may take five years but he fucking won the lawsuit i was saints lawyers on twitter were kind of surprised but does this prove that drew Brees is indeed the goat you know, I was actually talking about this with a lawyer buddy of mine uh, last week or two weeks ago, maybe, and um, he he thought that he actually thought that Drew maybe had a legitimate uh, chance. He didn't read the entire briefing or whatever the hell you call it, but you know, he had noted that the guy, the jeweler, had you know apparently you know if it, if the diamond is a certain value and if it's really worth what it's supposed to be worth then it's a certain color you know it's green or whatever and this guy was using like different colored lenses to make the diamond actually look a different color and i mean that's that's obviously clearly uh misleading and, and fraud so fraud. um so yeah i mean gay hey, good for drew uh he won 
How many uh, Jimmy Johns his... can you build with six million dollars? <laughs> uh, probably a lot because they're pretty small, and uh, I think they're fairly. They, from what I would, from what I see, they got to be pretty. You know, not they probably don't take too much capital to start up, and the ingredients are obviously. You know, they're baking their own bread and. It's just meat and lettuce. They don't cook it. I I am not a Jimmy John's fan unless they sponsor this podcast, and then I will love them. But until that day, I'm not a fan. I don't so, mind it. I don't <laughs> mind it at all. I don't think I mean it's it's good. It, they're very. I mean, they, they. You know, one of their big things is obviously how quick they are, and I have to give that to them. Like they are incredibly, incredibly fast. And I will say this. So my store is obviously four blocks from Drew's Jimmy John's franchise on Maple Street. Um, How exciting. And I will. You got great. You got great uh, eating options in the neighborhood. I mean, we will, you know, we can literally call them or, or even do it online or whatever and place an order. And I, I shit you not. They are, I have seen them there in, in literally like six minutes. Um, I mean, they, they are crazy fast. It's, it's, it, it is pretty impressive. All right. So thanks to Fredo who uh, posted the UDFAs for 2020. Yeah, I like that you're um, having your own conversation I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in the chat room. While we're what, to replace, to replace Camara? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I just want to go through these one by one. I'll ask you them, and I, I just want to hear your gut reaction. Is this player not knowing what the Saints have to do financially with all these other guys we've talked about? Uh, Ralph, I'll start with you. Eli Apple, stays or leaves? Stays. Yeah, I don't know if I agree about that. He's going to get paid, and I think he'll uh, – I'm not sure, but okay. Uh, Dave, PJ Williams. Gone. Vaughn Bell, Ralph. Gonzo. Uh, Dave A.J. Klein. Stays. Ralph uh, David Onyemata. This is the one that no matter who you asked, I was going to say we're all going to talk about. This one, and you said in the chat with people, thanks for, and thanks for everybody who's joining us on the live stream, by the way. Uh, it's the most complicated because here's the thing about Onyemata. But take out his little silly pot bust it's no one gives a shit about it. you can you could literally you can be a fucking uh dave chappelle movie where what's the dave chappelle movie where they're just all stoned out of their mind the half baked half baked you could be half they, people don't care anymore the nfl is probably going to take it off the band lift whatever that's not going to matter the thing about onyamata that makes it complicated is he has everything you want physically for a defensive tackle that can kick ass. And he is a five-and-a-half sack season this year. I'm telling you, he'll get $70 million from a team. If he gets five-and-a-half sacks and the Saints go to the playoffs, a team will pay him five years, $70 million. I know you people are going to laugh at me, but a team will do it because they a team will say – And it might be the playing. Saints. <laughs> What's that? And it might be the Saints to pay that, especially if they don't feel good about rankings. Because here's the thing. they'll Either the Saints or another team will look at him and say, look, he had four sacks. He had five and a half sacks. He didn't play football until he was in college in Canada. So he's very raw and young, and his best years are ahead of him, and his physical body type says he can be amazing. We're going to pay him. And 
I would if he has five and a half sacks, Dave, or, or more than that, I will be petrified to lose him, and I will be even more petrified to pay him. He scares me to death both ways. You guys think uh, – I mean, I'm going to say that it's unlikely that Onyemata and Rankins are with the Saints pass this year. Dave, your you thoughts on that? You guys think that's fair? Do I think that that they pass on Onyemata? Yeah. No, do you, do you think that between the two of Onyemata and Rankins that they have to pick one? Uh, I think – yeah, they have to definitely. I, if they had to pick one, I, I guess they would take Onyemata, if I'm being honest. All right, and then you've got, uh, Dave, last one for you is uh, Andres Pete. Is he back? Oh, yeah, you got to keep him for sure. I don't know. I, man. He's so versatile. I mean, how many, I mean, like last year, whatever. I mean, like, you know, he, he came in and played whatever he needed to come in and play. They could have two. They could Pete, Pete. They could have Pete and uh, Warford and Armstead all gone after this year. Is not an unrealistic thing because you. They could say, "Hey, Armstead, you're injured too much, and we just can't pay you. You're you're gone." And Warford, he'll be in the last year of his deal going into next year. So if he gets injured and he's not healthy, he could be gone. And Pete may walk as a free agent. I mean, this offensive line, Andrew, could be completely different. Oh, by the way, with a new quarterback, I'm getting the shakes already about 2020. I don't want it ever to get here. Let's say that was the situation. Do you move Ramchek to left tackle and make him your franchise left tackle? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm Ramchek is going to get paid of all the people. I'm even more so over Lattimore. I'm I'm more convinced Ramchek if if you told me of all the people that is left to get paid just because I think he's the one that's most likely to be healthy, to be consistent and to play at a high level to where there's no question. I could see Lattimore he gets nicked, maybe he doesn't work as hard, whatever. So they have questions about paying him, even though I think they would. Mm, I, I, right, right now I gotta, I gotta see Ramchick play 16 games and and not be wearing body armor first. <laughs> you know, Robo, not be RoboCop at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, did you did not you... have a piece of equipment that attaches his wrist to his shoulder? <laughs> uh, Dave. Uh, you know, we we're talking Saints and we're getting there to the camp, but it was it was all Pelicans this week and it was pandemonium. Did you partake in the Fulton Street madness uh, with all the people and the the ESPN guy crowd surfing? Did you go down there and partake in it at all? I was I was not down there. Sorry, I don't love the Pelicans that much. Um, but uh, we did watch the draft in my house uh, as a family. We were eating my dinner. house. My house. Uh, uh, but yeah, we had it on. We had the draft on during TV, and I was explaining everything to the kids. And Dylan thought it was cool, and they showed the shot of Fulton Street. And I was like, Dylan, that's like going on like right down the block downtown. He was like, What? <laughs> he was like, Why are they out there? I'm like, They like the Pelicans. We're drafting Zion. And I had to explain, you know, that whole situation. So, uh, but it was good. It was exciting. It was. I'm. I'm. You know, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, even national podcasts like. Um, 
uh, Bill Simmons and uh, pardon my take. And obviously they're all talking about the draft and talking about Zion and talking about the Pelicans and talking about David Griffin. And uh, I mean, it's exciting. is the best one because they invited me on to talk (laughs) about my Channel 4 column. Uh, (laughs) Thank you, Preston. Uh, Oh, by the way, Ralph, yeah, Ralph, you're talking about your Channel 4 column uh, that where you said, uh, wait, what was the like the whole premise of it? The Pelicans will be more popular than the Saints in five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of my employees, like, retweeted that. And she was like, oh, I hope so. And I was like, oh, did you know that my buddy Ralph wrote that? <laughs> People um, hated that column, man. <laughs> she the, loved it. Dave, she might have only read the headline, but. I woke up and. What about today? Is today the worst day of your life? Yeah. My Twitter mentions were a fucking dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing. I, I could see Saints mad. fans getting mad. Yeah, they were mad. And the thing is, it was cool though because I ended up gaining like almost a hundred new followers. So it worked out. So really, the jokes on them. Yeah, the jokes on them because yeah, yeah, yeah. Channel Four, like they, they, they're, they're social people. They, they, uh, they tweeted it out and and got did my handle, which sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Uh, and they did, and I just woke up and I had like. 40 something notifications I was like what the hell people are like you have lost your mind stick to you know the the my favorite thing is stick to the saints buddy you don't know what you're talking about <laughs> stick to football you don't know what you're talking about but uh thanks well to that. but i mean but it was uh but i do think that um wait, what was the original question we were talking about um the Pelicans downtown. It was just all Pelicans last week. It was fun. Yeah, no, no, no. But oh, oh, that's what I was gonna say. Is uh, so yeah. So I'm listening to all these national podcasts, and I mean, everybody seems to think that like, I mean, the the opinion polls on Griffin are through the roof. Uh, I mean, like everybody is amazed that he got what he got for Davis. I mean, Bill Simmons was like. He like went back in history to every major star that's ever been traded, and I mean, Bill Simmons seemed to think that like this was the most that any team has ever gotten as far as assets I, are concerned for I one wish. player. And then and then now and then Griffin on draft day he turns the fourth into an eighth and a seventeenth or whatever, and, and just continues. 30. And obviously, we own the Lakers' future for the yeah, next here, five years. Here's, I mean, it's like. Bill Simmons. I mean, this is a national guy. It's, I mean, he it's was like, the Mike Ditka trade, except except exactly. it's even worse. Yeah. Well, here's yeah. my here's my question. No, I wish it to the Herschel Walker trade. What did what did they give up for Herschel Walker? That's what they were comparing. Herschel yeah, Walker com- was a ton of stuff, and it was weird in that Minnesota gave Dallas a bunch of players, and if the players didn't make the roster, Jimmy. Then the if if they say like the players if Jimmy Johnson cut them they would turn into second and third round draft picks and Jimmy Johnson knew when he agreed to the trade he's like I'm cutting all these motherfuckers and just gonna have second and third round picks out the wazoo and Minnesota didn't quite get that but here's the thing and I wish Kevin was on the podcast tonight Andrew because he, then he can answer this question himself but if the Saints ever did a trade like this where they had future assets out for six fucking years, I think it might kill Held. Like, he might orgasm so hard, it would kill him. He'd be so excited. <laughs> I would be all, I mean, I would be all for it, too. It's, it's exciting stuff. I mean, but, but, I mean, but that's, that, that was, I mean, but that's my, my point is that, like, this was... Every everybody, every, anybody that knows anything about basketball, and I am not one of those people, but anybody that knows anything about basketball said that 
this was the Pelicans came out uh, huge, huge, huge winners on this, and it's and it's nice to hear them saying nice, positive things about the Pelicans and and being excited about about the next year for them. Fredo says, combine the Ricky Williams with the Herschel Walker and add that we got bet on the we get the bet on the Lakers having a disaster for the next four to five years to keep cashing in chips. Uh, that's the thing that makes the Pelicans fun. Is I don't know about you you guys, but before the Pelicans. Before the New Orleans got an NBA team, my NBA watching experience was more so I watched it and I followed it, but I just – I had teams that I hated more so than I liked. Like I hated the fucking Bulls and I hated the Lakers of Shaq and Kobe. And I just – I would say I was a Knicks fan, but that was just a vessel to hate the Bulls. Um, so the fact that I get to root for the Pelicans and fucking see the Lakers – if they have bad seasons and it's a disaster, Andrew, it benefits the Pelicans, where I would be rooting against the Lakers anyway. Now that it benefits the Pelicans, it makes it even better. Like, it can't be a more enjoyable NBA experience than we're going to have the next four to five years. Yeah. Well, I'm. Mean, it's funny. I just pulled up this. Um, I'm, I was busy reading this uh, Herschel Walker trade. But, you oh know, so I, 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 I look at this <laughs> and I just see – what they got out of it, right? And so when they ended up getting all these picks after they cut all these players. And I'm reading these names, and they got Emmett Smith with, with one of the picks. They got Russell Maryland with one of the picks. They got Kevin Smith, the cornerback. They got Darren Woodson. I mean, these are all pillars of Dallas, who was 1-15 at the time when they traded Herschel yep. Walker. But, I mean, getting a return of Emmett Smith, Darren Woodson, and Russell Maryland, I mean, th- those were cornerstones to that franchise. And, and by the way, this doesn't even begin to talk about how much they fleece the saints for with Steve Walsh, a one, a two um, and a three for Steve. Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, I, my hope is that we'll be talking about this on this podcast five years from now. And we'll be like, yeah, man, the Pelicans, they drafted X, Y, and Z out of those, out of this trade. And look what they came <laughs> out with to support Zion and their, you know, and that, that, I mean, look, man, the Cowboys won Super Bowls. They, they were the team of a decade. So that's how you build that. And Dave, I just hope or, the Pelicans Dave, already got Zion. Dave, Dave you, be that you are the T-shirt Emporium King, do you have 20 different Zion Williamson T-shirts ready to go? <laughs> I don't I don't dabble in the Pelican stuff. I don't even really dabble in the Saints stuff, to be honest with you. But I do get, um, you know, I, like, cause I have a an account with 47 brand and Nike and all that kind of stuff. So I do get like the emails. So for the past month, I've been getting the emails from 47 brand showing the design, you know, they call it if win or if drafted, um, you know, so you can place your order for this, for these shirts. And then if they Pelicans actually draft Zion, then, then they'll ship you the shirts immediately and you'll have them in your store like within two days so you can start selling. So I do get like a preview. Uh, I do get to see all the shirts. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it happens like in this case and then they that hit the Zion market. Zion Pelican and t-shirt I saw Darren Ravel tweet out is fucking fire. Which one? I, who I, who I, made I, that I texted, one? one? I texted my mom tonight to go. My to mom. My, my mom. mom. Because she's coming to visit, because my wife, because my wife has a has a I'm wedding mom. in Las Vegas, 
this week, so uh, my mom is flying in to help me make sure my need, son you survives. Need, you, need a, you need an extra hand, literally. <laughs> this is absolutely 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear Andrew when his well wife played. goes to Pakistan to do her globe-trotting vice presidential stuff that she does. Andrew's like, "Yeah, I, I got two kids. I just do it by myself. It's it's just easier that way." I'm like, "Motherfucker, my wife goes away for 48 hours. I'm bringing in the troops. <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even. I don't even attempt. I don't even attempt that shit by myself. And Andrew's taking out two kids. I don't, I don't, Juge, I don't know how you do it. Or if but, someone else comes to help me, uh, and then it's like I'm babysitting them too. You know, <laughs> too many, too many cooks in the kitchen. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we were going to do, uh, one topic, but we're going to cut it out, uh, and save it for next week, maybe. But so I wanted to do, uh, our off tech topic craziness, which we've done plenty of this tonight, but, uh, Andrew just wrapped up a vacation, uh, in, you were in Florida, correct, Andrew? De- Destin, Florida. Yep. Destin, Florida. And you had a nightmare tra- traveling story, vacation story that you wanted to tell the people, uh, so oh, me and you to were going to tell yours, and then me and Dave were going to tell our worst. Uh, well, I've got one from not too long ago myself. Well, yeah. it's it's. It, I mean, Ralph asked, like, "Hey, think of your worst vacation stories ever," and we'll we'll say them on the podcast. He he tells me this yesterday when I'm amidst all this, and I'm just like, "Well, I don't have to think back very far because I'm right, right. <laughs> I'm living it right now. I'm living yeah, it yeah. right now." Yeah, but uh, so. You know, I guess Atlanta had some bad weather yesterday, so I'm flying Destin to Atlanta, and I live in Charlottesville, Virginia. So then I, that well, was the next next, that's, next flight. There's your, there's your problem right there. That's where it all went wrong, right? Yeah, there. yeah. So you the brought flight, Atlanta. First of, all, first of all, it's kind of like a standard. You know, you're on the tarmac for like 45 minutes, and they're like, "Sorry, folks, we gotta go back to the gate and refuel." It's like, oh my god. If you'd like to get off the plane, feel free to do so. Yeah, so it's one of those, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to stay on the plane. So you know, it's like delayed like two hours. Finally, we do the whole taxi thing again. We take off. We, so it's Destin of Atlanta. We arrive in Atlanta. We're circling Atlanta, but we can't land because of bad weather. So we circle Atlanta for 45 minutes, and, and then the captain comes on and says, I'm just going to tell it to you straight, folks. They oh just God! Heard, you never, you never want to hear yeah. coffee. Yeah, <laughs> oh he's God. like, I thought he was gonna be like, we're out of we're fuel. Going, we're going down. Yeah, we're all going down. <laughs> but no, he's like, uh, the bad weather is continuing in Atlanta, and it's gonna be another forty-five minutes, so we're going back to Destin. So we're like, what? I'm like, what? No, we're there. No, don't turn around. We're already here. Um, so it goes all the way back to Destin, at which point we all deplane. And we were all standing around at the gate, like just trying to figure out what's going on. Mind you, at this point, like this was a 2.30 flight. At this point, it's like 9 p.m. And I, I mean, we have two kids with us. <laughs> yeah. So, so then. Oh, oh, it's Delta. This gets worse, guys. This gets worse. So then at 9 o'clock, they're like, okay, we're doing it. We're going back in. And so the plane has to refuel again. It's like 45 minutes on tarmac, the whole thing. And my wife like is on the tarmac book and she books, she books a ticket, a hotel 
knowing that we're going to be stuck in Atlanta overnight last night. So we get the hotel, you know, we, we, we finally, we land in Atlanta. It's like 1130. We get the kids in bed by midnight at the hotel and we're rebooked on a flight to Charlottesville at 830 this morning. Okay. So we wake up and we're like, all right, kids, like get them settled, get them ready. And my son's like, I really don't feel well. And he is as white as a sheet. And we're just like, well, we got to go. So we're, we're just going to do this. So we're going through security. We're literally going through security, like putting our stuff on the belt, right? P he pukes everywhere. Uh... Pukes everywhere. Like in, in the security line. And I, I mean, it's just like, oh, awesome. my God. So, like, the security girl is, like, handing me paper towels. I'm, like, using disinfectant. I'm, like, on the floor on my hands and knees, like, cleaning with all these people walking around me, taking off their shoes. And uh, thankfully, this was in the TSA pre-check line. Everybody should do that. But, uh, yes, there was projectile vomiting, Fredo. Yes, there was. Um, but in the end, we got home. And uh, But it was it – was, uh, my my son when we land he, he he's nine years old he just goes well that was the worst trip of my life <laughs> <laughs> he said that kind of matter of factly it was awesome but so what was he, wrong he with just... oh he's yeah he's I don't know he's got he had a fever and throwing up so yeah stomach bug or whatever stomach bug yeah projectile vomit so Dave what was your worst travel experience. Um, mine actually wasn't really wasn't that long ago either. It was like two or three weeks ago, and uh, I mean I'll preface this by saying you know I'm from New York and I went to college in New Orleans, so I have been I, I've done my fair share of flying and traveling very regularly uh, over the years, and um, I've had uh, I've had pretty good luck. I mean I really have not really had too many issues, no horror stories or anything like that, but. Uh, so, yeah, I guess two weeks ago, I had to go to Providence, Rhode Island for work for a trip. So I was up there for a few days. And then on my way home, I was flying American and I was flying. To oh, you missed a podcast because of this. Yeah, yeah. And That's I was, right. And I was yeah. flying. I was flying to Reagan in D.C. and then to New Orleans. And I had like a, a I don't know, a 10, 11 o'clock flight out of Providence. And I got to I only had like 30 or 40 minutes in between uh, in, in the layover. So, I mean, I was really cutting it close. But we wound up getting in a little bit early, actually, at Reagan. So I had time. So I get off my plane. I go over to the gate and, you know, I'm, uh, Reagan is a hub for American Airlines. There's a lot of flights, and my gate was at the end of like the terminal where they have like, you know, four or five gates all in one sec section, and it was like a shit show. You know, they had like two or three flights that were all boarding. <laughs> it was like a cattle call. It was just a ton of people, just all at the end of this terminal. And so I get off my plane, and I go over to the terminal. It says it's boarding in one minute. I say, okay, I go to the bathroom real quick and I go back to the area and I'm just milling about uh, and I'm just waiting for, I'm waiting to hear, you know, okay, flight to New Orleans is boarding, uh, uh, you know, group two. And now, you know, flight to New Orleans group boarding group three, boarding group four, group boarding group five, because they go all the way to group nine with American Airlines. Well, 
uh, you know, again, you're at the end of this terminal and there's different flights going on. I only hear the boarding for the, the Charlotte flight that's going on at the gate next to us or whatever. And I'm not really looking at the gate. I'm just listening for the boarding announcements. Well, about 10 minutes before the flight, I walk over to the gate. Even though I've been in this area and I walk over, doors closed. Oh, nope, that flight left. Uh, and I say, what do you mean that flight left? I've been standing right here. I was right here. I was 20 feet away. I didn't hear any announcements. I've been waiting to get on my plane. I, I was ready to go. What do you mean? What do you mean? The I didn't hear anything. I don't think that they made any like. Is today yeah. the worst day of your life? Yeah. yeah. That was it. Was it was pretty terrible. I don't think that they were making any announcements over the thing. I, I think unless you were standing right there directly in front of the gate, uh, which you want to blame me for that, that's fine. I'll, I'll take some some responsibility for this. Uh, <laughs> So you fall on that sword. I, you know, I, I understand. I get it. I mean, it, it, it was frustrating because I could have been there. I should have been Wait, there. Were I, you I, with kids, wife, no, just no, yourself? See, that's, no, that's why. That's why your situation, I think, may have been worse. Because yeah, you were with the kids, and then your kid got sick. So I mean, that's like that adds a whole nother level to the whole to the whole thing. Um, you know, in addition yeah, I can't, to the I can't just I can't just go to the bar and drink it off. Right. So. So anyway, so I tried to get on the next flight at 6 o'clock that day, but it was overbooked, so I was on standby, so I didn't get on. Fortunately, I have, friends that, I have a friend that lives in Fairfax, so I took a cab to their house. I stayed with them overnight, uh, went back to the airport the next morning. Uh, there was like an 8 a.m. flight. I was actually sitting next to Mary Landrew, Senator Mary Landrew. Uh, she got on that flight. I did not get on that flight. And then there was an 11 o'clock flight. Didn't get on that one. Standby. There was a 1:30 flight. Didn't get on that flight. Standby. Finally got on like the 6:30 flight the next day. So I basically I was in D.C. for you know 28 hours or whatever. Um, I spent most of that time in the airport. When I when I sat down at the bar uh, the second day. You know, the bartender was like, "Oh, it's you again." I'm like, "Yeah, can we not? Let's not talk about that." You know, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be here for two days straight. <laughs> Obviously, something is wrong if you're looking at the same person wearing the same clothes for the second straight day. Uh, but anyway, I finally got home, and but it was, it was, you know, it was, it was extra frustrating knowing like I could have this whole situation could have been avoided. You know, it was, it was more my fault than anything else. My story isn't. The one that bad travel story that I can think of isn't that bad, and it doesn't involve airplanes. In in uh, 2008, I was driving home for a Saints game, and it was in, it must have been in September. I don't remember which it was, because but it was the it was the um, it was the night of a presidential debate uh, between Obama and McCain. And I don't know who's familiar with Lake Charles, but they have the bridge in Lake Charles where you know you go over and a. Uh, 18-wheeler had jackknife at the bottom of it. So traffic was stopped. I was on that bridge stopped for two fucking hours. Uh, but that's not the crazy thing. The crazy thing was I was stopped for two hours. So I just turned off my car and I was like, this is crazy uh, after about 30 minutes. And it never went. So I fell asleep in my car, like on the on the bridge. And the thing was, I don't know why they had a policeman or whatever walking on the bridge or whatever, but, like, when the traffic finally got going, he noticed that my car was, like, stopped or whatever, and he taps on my window, and he, he woke me up, and he's like, why are you asleep? What are, what are you doing? Have you been drinking? I'm like, no. I've been stopped for fucking two hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just, what do you want me to do? 
What do you want me to do? I could either listen to a presidential debate or I could fucking go to sleep. And I was kind of like indignant with him. And he, I could see he was getting mad, but then he just let me go. But I was like, well, like, it wasn't like I was getting shit faced on the, the bridge over Lake Charles. I was just stopped for <laughs> like, two hours. Yeah, that trip. Where did you, that, where, you just pulled that, booze out of your trunk and just uh, drink? <laughs> I, I wish I should have had a cooler next to me, uh, which I used to do in my younger days when I would do long distance jersey. But that's not right. Drinking and driving is wrong. I learned that when I was 30. Oh, no. Uh, so that trip from New or- from Houston to New Orleans took me 10 hours and 10 minutes. That yeah. was a fucking nightmare. Sh- should normally take five hours. <laughs> yeah. Five. It should take no more than six, a little over six, even if you have a kid and you have to stop multiple times. So that's my travel nightmare. Um, so... Let's get into a couple of questions. This is an interesting question. Andrew, if Cam Meredith doesn't play in the first preseason game, will he get cut before the second one? Mm. I think he's got a little rope because he took a pay cut, number one. So I, I think that earns him a little leeway. And I think the Saints still want to believe in him. Um, but the fact that they – the fact that he wouldn't have been on the team if he hadn't accepted the pay cut, you know, man, like he he had he hasn't really been practicing at these OTAs. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I just think if he's not playing in preseason, his odds go down every day. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll I think he'll see the second preseason game because they don't really need to cut anyone till the very end now, right? It goes there. There's no first cuts. I think it's all it all happens at once. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I think I think they would want to get a different receiver in the building at some point, you know, or even just bring back Traven Durall. You know, if he can't practice and he's not doing it, so I think he sees two. But if he, but that's it, man. He he's got to play one of those first two games. Dave, Saints, Pelicans both make the playoffs. Mm, that's, that's juicy. Will oh will they? Yes. Uh, mm, I don't think the Pels make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the Saint the Saints do. I'm not, I'm not. I don't have a question about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we got to give you know got to give them a year to settle in. Does this is, well, this is an interesting one. Andrew, does Drew Brees winning his lawsuit for $6 million, does it make him more likely to retire? No, that's six. I think it has no impact whatsoever. That $6 million is, I mean, it's not chump change, but it's also not. There's also a strong chance he will never see that money. Uh, You know, just because he won a ruling in court, I mean, you know, he's still got (laughs) to get paid. And I'm sure he owes his lawyer probably half that at this point. So, um. oh, this is an interesting question. Since Ralph, since your wife hates the World Cup, which is true, she hates the Women's World Cup and forbids me from watching it. What do your wives forbid you or hate you to watch? Besides, like pornography. Oh, I was going to say porn. <laughs> my wife would rather uh, ser- seriously she has said uh, when she came in today and I was watching uh, England I was 
England and Cameroon was on. My wife. She would rather walk in on me watching porn than any women's sport. She is the most chauvinistic, anti-women's sports person I know. Hashtag me too. (laughs) (laughs) But what's something that your wife just hates that you watch on TV? Hmm. Football? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my wife my wife likes football. My wife. My my wife's kinda cool with everything that I watch. Yeah. I mean I just watch sports, but she likes it too. Yeah. So I'm lucky uh, like that. She even <laughs> plays in my fantasy leagues. Wow. That's true love. Uh before we get out of here. Uh, since we started the show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on. and I don't know who to bet on, but I know who to bet with. I don't always know. Um, but wait, Sorry, <laughs> let me start again. Since we started the show, I get asked no, that, all sorts know. of questions. About that's that's when going on. live is really, you know, he's yeah. got a gun to, gun to and his who head. Who to bet with. I don't always, who's, I don't always know who's going to win. Uh, and I don't even—I don't always know how to read sport, how to read these spots. But I know if you want to gamble online, the place to go is my bookie. Between their live in-game betting and endless props and fantasy sports wager, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sports book online business, they've been good to us, and they'll be good to you. They've been—they've been hooking our listeners up. Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code HAPPY25 when creating your account. And you re- receive a 50% bonus. Laying down 100, you get a hundred. You get an extra 50 to play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. Promo code HAPPY25. You play, you win, you get paid. Terms and conditions apply. Um, that was so, so bad that you should feel bad for them and go <laughs> Of your way to hook them up because Ralph didn't do them justice. <laughs> hey man, they they know <laughs> I have serious mental and physical limitations when doing this podcast. When they agreed to be a sponsor, they knew what they were getting. That's all I'll say. Uh so that'll wrap up the show. Uh, this week, Kevin couldn't join us. Uh, we're about uh, less than a month. We're less. We're, we're less than a month out from training camp, right? They start the twenty. It's late July, yeah. Yeah, it's like the twenty fourth. So I we're don't like... think there. I don't think there is an official date yet, though. Is there? No, there's not. So last year was the twenty eighth. So we're we're like basically a month out. Um, and pretty soon we will get to do our favorite thing. And that is panic over minor or major injuries that reporters tweet out when so-and-so got up slowly, walked gingerly with the trainer. Uh, That fun's going to start. But thanks for being with us a day early, everybody. Thanks for everybody in the live room. Uh, There was uh, more people than usual. Uh, So let me know if the Patreon update that I send to you guys, uh, if, if... Tonight I sent it like right before we started. If that's when it's best, or should I send it an hour before we start? I've, I've been experimenting with different times. Let me know what's best. Um, but uh, that'll do it for tonight. So for Dave, for Andrew, uh, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar is closed.